In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Please be seated. While Good Friday is all sorrow, and Easter is all joy, Christmas is a kind of melancholy and mystical grace time that is in this in-between joy and fear and confusion. The Holy Family has traveled from Nazareth to Bethlehem and uh, they're without a place to stay. They end up in a barn. And there's no one around them to come and to worship God who has been made man, but these outcasts of society, these people that live on the margins, the shepherds. And all the while we know that Herod and his soldiers are seeking to kill and destroy them. So in this darkness of the night, in this barn, with danger all around, we come and we join with the Holy Family. We know that it's in this darkness and in the darkness of sin and death that God has brought this time to happen. God's answer to our sin, which is selfishness, and her sister's greed and cruelty, is to become man. God became man so that man might become one with God. And so it's in the darkness that Isaiah starts to describe for us the condition of mankind. We're in the darkness of selfishness because we're always looking inward to our own self-interests and we can't see the plan that God has set before us. That darkness is brought upon our own selves. And when we're in that darkness and that confusion, we turn to so many places for answers. We turn to counselors. We turn to fathers, we turn to the government, we turn to all kinds of places, and Isaiah says that God himself will be all those things for us. God became man so that he could be our counselor, so that he could be our prince of peace, so that he could be our everlasting father, so that he could answer and guide us and lead us out of that darkness of selfishness into the light of righteousness and peace. And he leads us there by being a baby. That's an incredible thing that God decides to become a baby. And it's when God becomes a baby that we first understand that humility and that sacrificial love. That God would sacrifice himself, give himself up in the glory of heaven to become this small child. And the sign that the shepherds are given is the swaddling cloths, which are these bands that he's wrapped with in death to show us that he's dying and sacrificing, and that he's laid in a manger, which is a feeding trough, which is that he becomes food for the whole world. So even as a baby, Christ is showing us that he's come to die for us, and that he's come to offer himself as everlasting and eternal food, that we might eat his flesh and drink his blood. And that's the sign that the shepherds, these obscure outcasts, are given. They're given the sign of sacrificial love, the sacrificial love of God. And all of the heavens rejoice and praise him for this act of sacrifice. 
St. Paul and Titus tells us how it is that we're going to participate in that. How is it that we are called to participate? How is it that we're going to become one with God? And he says that uh, we will be purified or redeemed by God. Redemption is a beautiful idea, isn't it? Something that had no worth is given worth. We took away all of our worth. We gave it away. We gave it away with this selfishness and cruelty and greed. And God says, I'm going to redeem you. I'm going to give you that worth back. I'm going to show you why it was that you were made. I'm going to teach you why it was that I love you. And I'm going to show you who it is that you truly are in me. That you are this love child with purpose and meaning in your life. And he cleanses us and he purifies us in the waters of baptism. He purifies and cleanses us with the chrism oil. He purifies us with holy communion. And he offers us his Holy Spirit and his grace so that every moment we're allowed to take in that grace of God. We get to turn to him every moment of every day. We get to dip into that deep reservoir of grace in those quiet and dark times of our lives so that we can be renewed and strengthened, given that purpose and reminded of God's love for us. And so we are being cleansed and we're being purified. We're being brought back into these renewed lives where we are able to be one with God. He's pure. And so he would make us pure to dwell with him. He's zealous for good works. And he'd make us zealous for good works as well. We're not just left with tasks to fulfill, but he gives us hearts that desire His goodness and His grace. I can't wait to open my Christmas presents. I don't know about all of you. Maybe you're not as enthusiastic or as excited as I am. The wonderful thing is we've been already given the greatest Christmas present we could ever have. When we put on Christ... He is new clothes that never grow old. We can wear them wherever we go. And it is His beauty and purity that people will see. When we take Christ into our hearts through Holy Communion, we are fed and we are watered so that we will never again be hungry and we will never again be thirsty. This is a meal that does not grow old in our tummies but lives with us forever. When the Holy Spirit comes into our hearts, He sings beautiful music in our ears that we don't lose, that we don't miss out when our earbuds fall out or have to stop listening to when we're out of our cars. That music plays in our ears continuously when we would hear His voice. He's written a book that's both ancient and new every time we read it. The best book that you'll ever read, and you can read it over and over again and find new things. He tells a story about how much he loves us. And he would be with us every day. We can't leave him behind. He doesn't go out of date. You can't leave him at the grocery store or in a spare room. He's always with us. And he's always telling us how much he loves us and the purpose for which he made us. God became man so that man might become one with God. 